We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. From high atop Green Tree Hill, a warm Monday afternoon greeting to you, although it's not necessarily warm out there, is it? Kath, good to see you as well. Happy that we are back. it's pretty warm out there. Is it, is it uh, in the it's like 70s? 81 today. 81. I mean, the high was going to be 81. Really? Unless something's happened since I heard about I it. I keep on thinking that, you know, fall is upon us, even though it's still summertime. Right. No, yeah. I 78, mean, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a very nice day. Excellent. Good weekend for you? Yeah, I had such a fun time. It's my annual trip mm-hmm. with my best friends from high school. What is that like? I mean, it is. So there's five of us. Yeah. Uh, two of us met in uh, 1974. Mm-hmm. Two of us met in in 80. And then we all came together in 82. Wow. We've been friends ever since. Since The whole group since 1981. Whole group. It's kind of like the big chill, right? Have you seen the movie? I never saw that. Oh, it's not a bad movie. Okay. But you all get together. So is it We get together like... twice a year. One uh, weekend, we go away, which was this past weekend, mm-hmm. and then in the spring, we go to the, Sp- the Phipps Flower Show I together. see. Very nice. So same time next year, you, you sit and talk and go, okay, this is what's going on. Here's what's happening with my kids. Here's what's yep. happening with my husband. Yep. What's going on. Yep. We talk about the things of the day. We talk, We played a lot of 80s music. Oh, did you? We talked about football and basketball. You mm-hmm. know, we follow sports. And, I mean, we have such a good time. I am so fortunate. I love it. To have friends that I've had for that Heck long. Heck, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how they know every, like, little thing about me. 40-plus years. They're so... We're so unimpressed with each other by this stage. Good. And, should be. That's what good friends and are for. And we're so impressed with each other. This, you know, in, in, other, yeah, in yeah. other ways. Excellent. So, yeah. Nice. It was super fun. And you ate well. We, all we did was eat. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we did. <laughs> talk and eat. Talk, talk and, and eat. Talk, talk and, eat. and eat. We played cards, too. And listen to music. Yeah, and listen to music. Sounds fabulous. It really does. Yeah, it was really fun. Excellent. So, yeah, thank you for asking. Good to be alive, right? Mm-hmm. Good to be out and then connect with your friends. Yeah. Absolutely. And while you were gone, uh, we all went to your house. How about that? So yeah. my, Lex, my husband had a party. An invite of all of our friends, but I wasn't there. Yep, wasn't there. Can you believe that? No, we all sat in your front porch and saw How the neighbors that? walk by. It was a blast. That's and your so... husband is the host. Isn't he such a... He's yeah, really man. good. I felt a little guilty. Yeah, why? That you were celebrating and I wasn't there? No, that I was kind of making him go get me a soda. Oh. Hey, could you get me that? Oh, hey, that's thanks, okay. You know, yeah. He's he's good with that. He's really good. Really he's excellent really good. Night. I hope uh, I hope my house was... <laughs> we were barely in it. Place for you. We were barely in your house. Oh, we because you were outside. Yeah. 
It was a beautiful. Great. Yeah. So I got to see your neighbors walking the dog. Oh, you got met to some see of the our view from your front porch. Right, some of our neighbor dogs who were who were great. Did yeah. you see Mabel? The Bernese uh, Mountain Dog? No, I did not. Okay. No, no. She's so, a big one. A couple of Goldens walked mm. by. It, oh, yeah. the real pretty one that's mm. like super nicely brushed. Lovely. Oh, Gorgeous. she's pretty. Very, very nice. She's a pretty girl. Yeah, so I sat in your chair and kind of watched, oh, you know. Oh, great. Going on there. So glad. All right. Hey, a busy news weekend, right? Yeah, we have Lots a lot going on. Because okay, so today is September 11th. Yeah. 22 and, years. And, you know, looking out at the day today. Same, same kind of day. Yeah. Right, beautiful day. There are clouds in the sky, but it's still beautiful and sunny mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Well, it's good to remember, right? Yeah. And if you were alive then, which is kind of hard to believe, right? I mean, Lex, what, you were a baby. You were one, weren't you? I was two, I think. Two, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, one of my kids has no recollection of it. I mean, uh, I think high school seniors today weren't even born then, of course. You right. know, they were too young. So it's good to remember to tell that story again and again and again because it was mm-hmm. a momentous day. All that, uh, with all that in mind, Catherine, let's take a look at the news, okay. as we always do. Give us, please, now the top four at four. For Monday, September 11th, 2023, number one, mourners gathered in lower Manhattan today, hugging one another, fighting back tears as they commemorated their loved ones on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. Attendees of the ceremony honoring the victims of the worst terrorist attack on American soil sat in folding chairs and leaned against trees, according to today's New York Times. Flute music filled the air while relatives of those who died read their names aloud in a ritual that has been repeated for more than two decades. Um, A man by the name of Adams, who was police lieutenant at the time of the attacks, told CBS News Today, quote, the greatest thing about New York City in America was not what happened on 9-11, but what happened on 9-12. We got up, teachers taught, builders built, and we continued to show that we were not going to bend or break. 22 years later, the number of emergency workers with the fire department who died from illnesses related to the attacks almost exceeds the number of firefighters who died in the line of duty that day. Uh, It's worth going on the New York Times website today in particular. And see the photos. Yeah, looking. I try to do this every year. I look at the, you know, the New York Times won a Pulitzer for the photos of that day. Mm -hmm. And to go back and look at them is really, I think it's really important. Yep. Um, So... I'd suggest that to you. And if you're not been to Shanksville, yeah, Flight 93. Speaking of Shanksville, number two, several hundred people joined local, state, and federal officials uh, in Shanksville, marking the 22nd anniversary. This year marks the debut of the Teach to Remember 9-11 project. It's a partnership, John, between the National Park Service, Friends of Flight 93, and the National Writing Project. There's a really good article about this in today's Trib. Um, So I won't get into details here, but... um, Um, The National Writing Project is hosting a website where teachers and students can access resources about the events of September 11th because in the more than two decades since the attack, roughly 75 million Americans have been born. Wow. So, like we were talking about. People don't know. People don't know. Number three. Four in ten Americans, John, that's 41 percent, say they put off going to the doctor. A survey of 2,000 U.S. residents found that being potentially unable to afford their care was a top reason. Another reason for avoiding the doctor, uh, there are several. They include anxiety about potential procedures or tests, fear of receiving bad news, and exhaustion from parenting or (laughs) caretaking. That may be why nearly 4 in 10, 26 to 34-year-olds, and... uh, 
39% of 35 to 54-year-olds have not been to the doctor in the last five years. And number four, the evacuation of an American caver trapped underground in Turkey continued overnight as a rescue team carrying him on a stretcher passed through a rest camp about a thousand feet underground, international caving officials said. Mark Dickey, age 40, has been trapped underground since August 31st when he fell ill more than 3,000 400 feet below the surface. And that is your top four. What a story that is. It's an incredible story. So they blew up part of the cave underground Mm -hmm. for passage through. Yep. Yep. Uh, So he has reached the last 180 meters of the rescue. And he's expected to rest in the area before the uh, efforts recommence. Wow. You ever done any caving? I would never (laughs) do any caving. Yeah. Caving sounds like the worst... I, I would have that give me nightmares. Yeah. I mean, have you been to like Laurel Caverns yes. or anything like that? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Right. That yeah. seems safe and very much so. Yeah, it yeah. seems very like civilized. But like crawling into a hole oh with like a little headlight on and going Gosh. underground. That's frightening. I mean, hopefully by the end of today, it sounds like Mark Dickey will be out. Yes. A heroic effort. I, I mean, mean, it is an absolutely. You want to talk about how people are pro life? Those people are pro-life. Yeah, of course they are. I mean, they could have said, sorry, pal. (laughs) He's okay. Like, we're not interested in cavers. Right. That's a very pro-life perspective. What about the kids who were hanging on the edge of that, you know, that gondola? gondola. That's very pro-life as well. That's extremely pro In Afghanistan, right? We're like, well, we could just let the kids die. Well, no, we're not going to do that because those kids matter. Yep. It's all around us. Yeah. It's just, you know, when the baby's in the womb, things are a little bit different. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so check out the story in CBS News or anywhere else. I mean... Man, the guy got sick fast, and thankfully, he had a lot of friends who cared about it. He truly him. did. Okay, we'll take a, a quick break. Um, did I hit that? Did I hit that? How about that? There we go. Oh, look, he did hit okay, it. Okay, all right, good. He hit it the second time. Okay, we're going to talk uh, with Daniel Sullivan from Christianity Today, a, a roundup of national and international Christian stories. Straight ahead. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home here at Word FM. 1.5 WORD. Seems like it was yesterday. September 11th, a national day of remembrance. Yes, you forgot about September 11th? A day we called upon God. America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. Remembering September 11th, 2001. 101.5 WORD. In God We Trust. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH. To 989898, and you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Former CIA officer and survival expert Jason Hansen here. I teach people how to prepare for the unexpected. Right now, most Americans are not ready for the death of the U.S. dollar. 
you have money sitting in cash, and if you don't act soon, your financial future could be at risk. I have partnered with Advantage Gold, the number one rated precious metals company in America, to release my new digital dollar survival kit that's 100% free for everyone who calls today and claims your free survival kit. Simply call 800-900-8000 and give your email address, and I will have this new digital dollar survival kit sent to you immediately. Call 1-800-900-8000 now and claim your free kit. And also mention my name, Jason Hansen, and see how you could also qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Supplies are limited, so call right now before it's too late. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Summer is almost over, and so are the savings at Bachman's Roofing. Take advantage of the summer savings bonanza with no interest and no payments until 2025. Now is the perfect time to check off those home improvement projects. Cracked or missing roof shingles? Bachman's has got you covered. Looking to add solar? Bachman's has you covered. Time to upgrade that cracked siding? Bachman's has got your back. Call Bachman's today to schedule your free estimate at 412-472-7103 or visit gobachmans.com. Daniel Silliman is back with us. Daniel's the news editor of Christianity Today. He's also the author of Reading Evangelicals, How Christian Fiction Shaped a Culture and a Faith. Daniel, welcome back. Hey, Kathy. Good to be here. Yeah, our pleasure, Daniel. We we love what you do uh, with gleanings. Talk to our audience about what gleanings is and how they can find that in CT. Yeah, I try to keep track of news about Christians around the world and in every issue of Christianity Today, I have nine or ten stories just briefly summarized, 100, 200 words, just quick hits, but, you know, telling us not just about our fellow Christians in our backyard or even in America, but uh, but really globally the kinds of things that Christians are challenged with that are both deeply familiar to us here in the U.S. and uh, maybe a little bit different, too. Very nice. So, Daniel, as you're sifting through, right, all this international news, you come across some gems. And in, in, in this month's in CT, there's several things here we find fascinating. Tell us the story about the 38-year-old Pentecostal minister who uh, was on a cargo ship on the rudder. That's a wild story. Oh, yeah. This, this man is named, I love his name, thank God, Opanipo uh, uh, Matthew Yeye. <laughs> So he he was a Pentecostal minister in Nigeria. People may know that things have been uh, pretty rough in Nigeria for a while, in particular for Christians. There's been a lot of violence. More than uh, 50,000 Christians have been killed there um, by Islamic militants since since 2009. There's also like serious economic challenges, and this this Pentecostal minister had had his um, his farm flooded and he decided that he just had to leave the country so he found a ship in the port and there was a little space above the rudder and he climbed up there and stowed away and thought he was going to go to europe it turned out he was actually going to brazil um they ran out of water after 10 days and uh had four more days they tied themselves in and and apparently could see sharks and whales going underneath them and uh yeah, that is a that is a serious trek. Fourteen fourteen days, um, several several three thousand five hundred miles 
Maybe the most shocking thing to me, though, is that he when he went to stow away above the rudder in this little space on this cargo ship, there were three other men already there. What the heck? They didn't. They didn't know each other ahead of time. They didn't plan to go together. They, they, they just all had the same idea. What? What are uh, the odds? How is that even possible? Like they didn't belong to the same like Instagram group or anything? They just wanted to get out. No group text. Yeah, I think that just talks about the the the, the real need. Um, they were of course uh, stopped in Brazil, rescued, and also detained. Uh, the minister is is currently in a. Um, in a shelter run by a Catholic church uh, in the capital, and he is applying for asylum, uh, asylum status in Brazil. Well, th- that journey alone should sort of say, I want to be here. I would be happy to stay here. What, what a great story. Okay, l- let's move forward then. There's a, there's a quick hit, exactly what you kind of yeah. do, yeah. Yeah, what about the story uh, about Bible reading in Germany? Yeah, this is this is sad. Um, we have seen Bible. There was a new study from the University of Leipzig that sort of asked Germans, which of course is the land of Martin Luther, yeah. the first Bible that was you know one of the first Bibles that was given to people in their own language. Uh, but Bible reading has dramatically declined. Currently, daily reading is at like one point six percent, a little less than two percent of people who read it. Um, Every day, and that's fallen by about half in the last decade. So it's declining pretty so super pretty fast. Rapidly. Okay, so if it's that's the thing that I think stuck with me the most is how f- quick the decline was. Uh, mm-hmm. To what do we attribute that? Uh, growing secularization. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's and the just the world. sort of people not feeling that Christianity is relevant or important or or speaking to their lives. I was especially saddened because there have been several new translations recently. You know, for many years, Germans had the Luther Bible, which is right. an amazing translation, but it's the equivalent of like the King James, King James right? right? It's not the... It's not the Germans speak today, but the the Luther Bible has been updated, um, and two sort of modern language translation translations have have come out recently, um, but they haven't they haven't really had this effect. I mean, I think we know that um, you you need revitalized churches uh, probably to drive up Bible reading, not just new translations on their on their own. But you know what's sad um, is that. The churches themselves, as far as the buildings go, are in absolutely fabulous shape. Your depending on what, uh, and this is as I understand it, Daniel. Depending on what your denomination is, your tax dollars go to support those churches, uh, like the care and keeping of those churches. Uh, so the state pays for that. Yeah, the state pays for that really? through the taxpayers of Germany. And so when yeah, you, the way, yeah, go ahead. The way it works in. The way it works in Germany is that, um, and, and I actually I actually lived there for for eight years, so I saw this. But really? you're registered as either Catholic or Protestant if you would like to be, and if you are registered, then they take a portion of your taxes. So they don't take taxes from everybody, but only from people who mm. who designate. Okay. And those also go to social services that are provided by the like most hospitals are run by Protestants or Catholics. Um, there are other kind of social services that are at the state um, works with the churches to, to provide those. So it's not quite a state church in that sort of old um, model. It's more a state privileged churches. Um, 
Uh, but it is, you know, but it is true that while there are some very, very vital and vibrant, um, you know, mainline Protestant churches in Germany, depending on where you are in the country and 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 the different pastors who've been active, it's also the case that in many places they're they're functionally museums and social service networks and and not really connected to the day to day lives of people. Interesting. We're talking with Daniel Silliman. He is the news editor at Christianity Today. He publishes monthly uh, a piece called Gleanings, which is um, sort of a, a snapshot of Christian life or Christian news stories around the world. So, Daniel, we've uh, we've been to Brazil. We've also uh, talked about uh, Germany. Talk to us about Israel and taxi drivers <laughs> and this wild story. Yeah, I, man, this one. I don't know what's going on here, but so there was recently a controversy in Israel that some driver's license, not just like your regular driver's license test, but if you want to be a taxi driver, if you're going for that extra taxi driver test, there's some odd questions on there. And one of them is true or false. I believe in the second coming of Christ. What? What? I don't know. Who knows what that has to do with driving? There are apparently a bunch of other odd tests on there. It seems like maybe they were testing for, um, like, people being psychologically unbalanced or something. Like, maybe it was a test that was just like, are you a crazy person? One of the other questions was, like, um, I like playing with dolls, yes or no. Also, you know, not sure what that has to do with taxi (laughs) driving. The, 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 yeah, one of the officials there from the School of Public Health was like, this, this is inappropriate. We should not be asking these things. Um, the people that are in charge of the, the government agency in charge of administering to the tests, their response was sort of like, uh, once people protested, they said, oh, that's an old test. We don't know why that's on there. We'll update that soon. But currently, taxi drivers, anybody visiting Israel, you can ask them have all had to check true or false, I believe. That's, Boy, that's, that's wacky. That's government for you, probably, right? Or just government. <laughs> it's a little strange. Yeah, that's I like it. Absolutely wacky. We're talking to Daniel Silliman about his uh, his regular column yeah. in Christianity Today called Gleanings, which is just kind of, you know, quick hits on uh, news around the globe. Um, and, of course, we're talking to Daniel today because our good friend Greg Clugston was not able to make it, and so we're always happy when Daniel's willing to Heck join us in. and talk about the news. Um, so let's talk about the Nicene Creed site. This is, cool. um, this is a very cool thing. Uh, for people who go to churches who are non-creed, um, mm-hmm. you know, creeds are something that that has been part of the church since ancient times. Um, I think the Nicene Creed. Am I right about this? Is older than the Apostles' Creed. I think the Apostles' Creed is older, but okay. I'd have to double check that to be sure. But the Nicene Creed is one of the. It's it's the last one that like all Christians agreed to, like Orthodox Christians and Catholic Christians. Um, both East and West uh, signed off on this, and it was meant to be a statement of like definitive orthodoxy, right? This is this is what we definitely think the the, the Bible says, um, specifically around the Trinity and the uh, incarnation, right? Is Jesus like half God and half man? How do we how do we explain this exactly? There was a bunch of controversies in the fourth century and. Leaders of the church got together and and sort of hammered this out and decided this is the true Orthodox Christian faith. And one of those documents is called the Nicene Creed. And the reason that's coming up to today is that the 
town that they did this in, the town that uh, at the time was called Nicaea, is now in Turkey, and it's being considered as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So it's on the very short list of places that uh, the UN is considering for um, cultural preservation. I really love that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, in 2024. I'm surprised and I'm really I feel gratified that people who are outside of the historic church, you know, are noticing the importance of it on the church and in the you know development around the world. There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, early Christian sites uh, that are on this list that are considered important. And this treaty, interestingly, is the, the UNESCO sort of World Heritage List. Is uh, I found out the most signed treaty. Like more people subscribe to that than you know the Geneva Conventions huh. or any kind of cool. uh, other other uh, international treaty. This recognition of um, these cultural sites of important historic uh, uh, historic importance, and we need to preserve them and keep them around for future yeah. generations. Excellent. Hey, Daniel, uh, before you leave us, take a moment and talk about Christianity today. I'm often surprised that a lot of believers have never read or don't know of CT. Oh, no, that breaks my heart. Please, everybody <laughs> should know about Yeah, that's today. what I think, too. Yeah, we're, we're, um, we're often described as the flagship magazine for evangelicals founded by Billy Graham in 1957. And um, for, for all evangelicals sort of across the, across the spectrum, we're big tent evangelicals. We have people who believe in women in ministry and people who don't, people who uh, you know, think there should be bishops and people who are non-denominational. Um, but it's really uh, about thought leadership and ideas for today, mm. and we do an awful lot of news coverage. If you want um, specifically news about Christians around the world and what they're doing today, um, we're, we, we, would, we would love to be your source for that information, Christianity Today, online and in, um, in print. We send out some really beautiful actual paper magazine. Yeah, no kidding. We completely agree with that. Excellent. Daniel, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. And also, I want to say that the origins of the Apostles' Creed aren't really known specifically, but you are correct. It is uh, earlier than the Nicene Creed. So Mm -hmm. you win. Great. Glad glad (laughs) we got that nailed down. Hope that made your day. Very nice, Daniel. Always a pleasure, Daniel. Thank you so much. Great. Have a nice day. You as well. Christianity Today, highly recommended. Daniel Silliman, he's on Twitter as well. Check it all out. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years the best part is that until you receive your cash payment you don't pay us a dime our tax credit specialists are available now at 833 erc file and your tax payment estimate is quick easy and free that's 833 erc file to qualify you and your business for up to twenty six thousand dollars per w-2 employee for free federal aid call us now at 833 erc file that's 833 erc file 
Do you find joy in helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at Life Steps. Life Steps is hiring caregivers to bring joy into the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. Life Steps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. You're investing, right? But what about in your marriage? Most people spend more time maintaining their automobiles than they do their marriage. We need to make this a priority. In a lot of ways, we're on autopilot. Family Life's Weekend to Remember is your weekend to reinvest in each other. I've considered my marriage really good, and I'm still coming because I think it can get a lot better. Join us in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, or Cleveland this fall. Register today and save 50% at weekendtoremember.com. We're going to hear from the Gateway Clipper. Enjoy a dinner party out on the water with friends and family aboard a sunset dinner cruise, sailing Friday and Sunday evenings. It's the best way to see Pittsburgh, plus you'll get a dinner buffet and music, too. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call, doing it right. 724 New Roof. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. For this afternoon, intervals of clouds and sunshine, the high up to 78, partly cloudy tonight, you may want to grab a jacket, low dip at 59. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 76. Wednesday, going to be cloudy, high 66. Mostly sunny Thursday, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Go to AccuWeather.com for more. We spent uh, in our home a portion of the weekend watching tennis. The U.S. Open was this weekend in Queens in New York City. And uh, there is a, a new phenom in women's tennis. Her name is Coco Goff, 19 years old, and she won her first major, which was the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. It was real. I mean, I love watching tennis. 19? 19 years old. It's fabulous. It is fabulous. I it mean, is. Tennis is one of the great spectator sports isn't it though yeah and i used to watch it all the time and just haven't lately you haven't lately what do you mean i haven't in the last decade yeah well it's really worth it uh we were watching it the other day before this final did i talk about the protesters no <laughs> okay so in the middle of of it was, it was the quarterfinals in the middle of the quarterfinals there was a disturbance and there were four protesters in the upper rafters of the u.s open and they were screaming about Big oil and, and and climate. They were climate mm-hmm. protesters. So people came in, you know, whoever, security came in and got rid of three of them immediately. However, the fourth protester took off his shoes and glued his bare feet to the floor. To the floor of his, where his seat was. Yeah. So the match was stopped, get this, for more than 50 minutes until they figured out how to unglue this coconut's feet, people were losing their minds, as well they should, because the event was just held up because of this one coconut. And the athletes are conditioned. Their bodies are like machines. They were an hour and a half into the match already. And so they they had to stop and just sit there, and, oh, that's awful. That's so terrible. Right. So anyway, they got the, the, the guy out of there. So yesterday... I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon, there was the women's finals. 
and it was Coco Goff against, um, she's 19, I think her opponent was uh, maybe late 20s. Okay. A young woman from Russia. It was a great match. Anyway, Coco Goff, I, I can't believe it, she prevailed because the Russian was number one in the world. Mm. So at the end of the match, there's Coco. All this is going around her. She walks over to where her equipment is. She gets down on her knees, and she proceeds to pray. She's a believer. ESPN, Sports Center, they didn't know what to do at the moment. So the announcers, they did their best. One of the announcers says, oh, Coco Goff is taking a moment to soak it all in. When in actuality, she was on her knees praying. Okay, so who said, so that was one of the commentators yeah. from ESPN? Yeah. Or from one of the network that was showing the game? Uh, was from, uh, I'm sorry, from the network. Okay. Which I don't, I don't know who that was. I mean, uh, for the men's, it was John McEnroe. And, okay. You know, but I don't know who was in the women's. But they took a moment, though. And, and so, just, she, so she was taking a moment to soak it all, it all in. But if you look at the video, clearly she is praying. Right. It does look like she's praying. Yeah. I have seen it. And, I, you know, yeah. she wasn't. And SportsCenter says, we're looking at the tweet here. Yeah. Coco Goff took a moment to soak it all in after right. winning her first Grand Slam title. Which, you know, all the other, you know, sports channels were kind of piling on going, you guys really missed the opportunity here to talk about talk about prayer, someone praying. Right. Which happens all the time in professional of sports. Of course. And I, and I love that it wasn't as though she was, you know, look at me, grandstand right. or anything like that. Right. It was a private moment for her before she just got yeah, on Yeah, no one, I, it, I was put, trying to put myself in the announcer booth and wondering what I would say. And even, you know, I, I've been a Christian for a long time, I've been a public Christian for a long time. If that happened, I would actually, I'm not saying I wouldn't say she was praying, but I would actually stop yeah. and try to figure out how to talk about it. That's how the, the media environment, how hostile it's become to people of faith but you, and to but, ideas of faith. But don't you think, I mean, these people spend billions of dollars uh, Grooming their announcers, thinking about every second of on air. But religion has so little place it's still in prominent, any though. of that. I, right? I think it's prominent in the NFL. It is prominent in the NFL. Right? It's almost absent in hockey. Oh, there's no, yeah, there's it's very little faith in the decision. prominent baseball, in Major see, League Baseball. Well, right? you see, when, like, Kutch with his cross earrings, right? or they point to the heavens when As they hit a home run. A home run, that right. That kind of thing. Never if they strike out. Nope. But it's so the theology isn't great. You would think that there would be believers. I'm sure there are believers who work for the networks or for. Uh, I'm sure there, but let's let's inform each other. It's not okay to talk about it. That's surprising, isn't it? Yeah, in this day and age, I mean, everyone talks about About everything, one form or another. So what the heck? Why wouldn't you be okay to talk about that? That's one of the many inconsistencies of contemporary life. Anyway, we need to take a break. Nine eleven. When we come back, we're going to talk about nine eleven. Someone who was there. Through the lens of someone who was present. Mm-hmm. So we're very much looking forward to the conversation. Stay close. It's the Monday nine eleven edition of The Ride Home. WORD. This September 11th, we remember their names, their faces, their lives. Secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal work, moms and dads, friends and neighbors, the best of America. No one will keep that light from shining. Remembering September 11th, 101.5 WORD. One station under God. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. 
There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 989898. And you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. Do you have a special event coming up in your life? A shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods? Then it's time to give The Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. At Eden Christian Academy, lives are under construction every day. Lives built upon the foundation of God's Word, shaped by the understanding that every student is created with a unique design and purpose, building the mind with academic strength and depth, while fashioning spiritual Christ-like character that can change the world. Fall enrollment is open now, pre-K through 12th grade. Eden Christian Academy, building His kingdom, one life at a time, at EdenChristianAcademy.org. New message. Your social security number has been suspended. Scammers are aggressive when they contact a potential victim. Social Security Administration employees will never threaten you for information or promise benefits in exchange for information. In those cases, the call is fraudulent and you should just hang up. Don't provide any personal or financial information to these thieves. Call the Social Security Fraud Hotline at 1 800 269 0271. On this 22nd anniversary of 9-11, I think always the question is, when this day is, where were you when the towers fell? Our next guest uh, has a story to tell about that. Christina Ray Stanton is with us. She is the author of Out of the Shadow of 9-11. And Christina, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Christina, talk about uh, where you were on 9-11. So our story is that we were residents of the neighborhood where these attacks took place. So my husband and I live in the financial district. We, we still do, and we did then, within only a few blocks of the World Trade Center complex. So we witnessed the attack firsthand, and it, but it had a ripple effect of how it affected us and our home and our lives and completely upended everything um, because, again, we were – only living a few blocks away, and we witnessed the second plane 
go into the South Tower from our terrace. Oh, so it's, our, our, our story really comes from where we were uh, when the attacks took place. And again, we lived we lived right next to the Twin Towers. And um, so that's where our story really kind of comes from. So, Christina, earlier in the morning, did you hear the power of the first plane hit the tower? So good question. I was actually asleep. My husband was awake and working on his computer, but the impact of the first plane hitting the North Tower shook our building. Really? So my husband was like, whoa, it's not like earthquakes happen oftentimes in New York City. Yeah. So he rushed out into the terrace and saw flames coming from either side of the North Tower from where we could see. Mm-hmm. So he came, shook me awake. We ran out into our terrace, again, on the 24th floor. And we're, we're there just looking at this nightmare when right over our shoulders, the second plane came, oh went right over us, right in front of us, turned and went into the South Tower. And the shockwaves of that, that happening actually blew us back into our apartment and knocked me out on my living room floor. Oh my I know gosh. that sounds so fantastical, but yet it, it, it actually happened. Um, the good news was our, our terrace doors were not your normal doors. It was kind of almost a retractable wall in a way. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness they were open. And um, so things could have had turned out worse. But I woke up with my dog, our little Boston Terrier, basically bouncing and, uh, on, on my body, trying to wake me up. Really? And we evacuated. We evacuated our apartment. We uh, ran down the 24 flights with, in, in our pajamas, and I had no shoes on. Uh, we weren't allowed to get back into the apartment because they were just evacuating everyone. We went to Battery Park, uh, which is a few blocks away, mm-hmm. and we were there when the Twin Towers fell down, uh, came down. Wow. It covered us with dust and debris, and we basically spent hours outrunning the smoke that we thought were go- going to asphyxiate us. And we were rescued um, in the 9-11 boat evacuation, which you might have heard of. It's sure. the largest boat evacuation in, in history, I mean, it, um, bigger than Dunkirk. So we were taken across the Hudson and didn't get into our apartment for a couple more weeks. And meanwhile, things kind of devolved from there for us. Our dog um, kind of hovered between life and death. We caught him licking that dust and debris off his, his, his fur as, as animals do when they're when they're dirty. But you know there was there was there was chemicals and there were there were, there was a ground up glass that basically shredded his inside. So he was in the vet dying. My husband found out one of his fraternity brothers had died in the North Tower, which um, uh, we went to his memorial service, and that was awful. And we started showing signs of PTSD kind of right off the bat. So we were, we, were, we were not in good shape afterwards. I mean, thankful to be alive, yes, but, um, but not doing so good. And, um, yeah. So how did you come to grips with what happened? And I ask because John and I were looking at the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning photos that the New York Times publishes every year on 9-11. And uh, I looked at the first one and I said to John, now this is 22 years later, I said, I can't believe that happened. Oh, oh, of course. I have to say, you know, when... When I had, when I was doing my own Google research, and like you, I look at all the pictures every year. What strikes me is I, kind of the pictures of where we were when it happened. You know, if something happens to you, you kind of want your own context sure. of 
gosh, what, 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 was out, what, what pictures are out there that represented our experience, right? And so would you believe, you know, we weren't taking cell phone pictures at the time. Very few people were. There was one man, his name was Scott McDonald, and he was taking pictures of what it looked like at, in Battery Park when the towers came down. And he only took six or seven. And believe it or not, they're about the only ones out there of, of that particular experience. Yeah. And I treasure those pictures. And we're friends now. I, I use those pictures. I give presentations at church of, of basically our testimony of that day. And I'm just so grateful that he had, you know, the, the, the presence and frame of mind because, you know, you want to remember, you want, you want, you almost like want a visual of this is what we survived. Yes. And, and this is, this is, this is, uh, it was that bad. You know, I spoke at Florida Southern University this morning with the student body there about our 9-11 experience. And, you know, I'm showing these pictures and, and, and especially Scott's. And I said, well, look at these pictures. And, you know, these look like a bad picture, right? Because it's, it's just, it's not sunny. It's, there's dust and debris everywhere, but that's, that's really what we experienced and, and, and survived. So I really appreciate pictures, especially again, that reflects kind of our experience of, of what, uh, because it, it gives me even more of just like, oh my goodness, God really spared us from this. And it, and it really was not awful. You yeah. know, it's just it's the, the living testimony of it. Interesting. Well, talk about, Christina, the towers themselves. I mean, there you were. That was your neighborhood. I, I lived in, in New York yeah. City. Uh, that was not my neighborhood. But, you know, walking by the, the towers, e even in there, they were sort of, you know, sort of, out of time for the neighborhood because they were so <laughs> massive and they set back. It, they weren't necessarily friendly to the neighborhood. And to think that, you know, they were crushed <laughs> like that and they tumbled down like that. I mean, it's it just even to this day when I think about it, it still shocks me. It, it just must have blown you guys out of the water to think that they are gone forever. Well, you know, and I have this really interesting relationship with these towers because I'm a licensed New York City tour guide, and I oh, have really? them since 1995. And get this, I conducted regular walking tours of the World Trade Center complex hmm. starting in 1995 for six years before the tower, so uh, before the attack. So I had to have this unique relationship to be in, and know a lot about the complex in order to regurgitate those facts and figures for tourists. And okay. so I knew it well. Uh, I took, uh, again, like thousands of people up to the observatory, the original observatory in the South Tower. So I have to admit, um, I had a real love for the 16-acre complex. And it was really because I, I felt like I was, uh, you know, was, I was um, 25 years old. Uh, in 1995, when I got my uh, New York City tour guide license, and I, I get, I kind of cut my teeth on knowing the World Trade Center complex very well, mm. and so it made me feel like I was maybe it's that feeling of adulting. Some of those <laughs> first feelings of adulting, like I, I I'm just a big girl, <laughs> I know a lot about this area. Let me tell you what I know. Like I remember very well meeting the groups in front of the the sphere, Fritz Koning sphere. And from there, we would tour the complex. We, um, I'd show them all the notable buildings within the complex and, and, and right in the periphery, such as St. Paul's Chapel and 90 West. And then we'd go up to the observatory. And, you know, it was a wonderful view. It was mm. 50 miles and a radius, you could see. It was a wonderful view. And then we'd have lunch down in the mall, you know, underneath the, the Twin Towers. And it just was a big part of, of my life. So when 9-11 happened, and, you know, and I'm still a tour guide, 
um, and I, I, I brought tourists there, I would, you know, they had a lot of like ever-changing overlooks and, and platforms for, for viewing. Yeah. And I really felt a calling and a sense of duty to bring tourists there to, to show them what was lost and mm. about what was also being rebuilt. And now to this day, I regularly give tours of the 9-11 Memorial. So, you know, who knew um, that 9-11 and the World Trade Center complex would have such a, would just be such a big deal in my life, you know, from, from almost the moment when I moved to New York City when I was 23 years old. So, and to this day. Well, we're talking to Christina Ray Stanton. We need to take a break, Christina. But when we come back, we'll continue a conversation about 9-11. Her new book is called An Inspiring Tale of Escape and Transformation Out of the Shadow of 9-11. Doing it right. Roofing, siding, remodeling. Family owned and operated since 1984 and home of the lifetime workmanship and labor warranty and no money down. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com for details. Attorney Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. In addition to everything else going on, they have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters, and that's why it's so important to hire someone that has those skills. Offices in Pittsburgh, Beaver, and Cranberry Township. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Online at CordellCordell.com. Exergen thermometers are more accurate than non-contact thermometers. As your children return to school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers can miss fevers due to inaccuracies. Accuracy matters. That's why Exergen is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen is available at Walmart and Walgreens, so you can have a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals Professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. ERC file. That's A33 ERC file. Geneva College understands that you're passionate about your life's work. Through Geneva's graduate degree programs, you'll be equipped to fully pursue your faith life calling, excelling in your field and moving forward for a purpose. In your studies and in your work, you'll be challenged to seek God's design in all things, integrating faith and life, aspiring, leading, and achieving your goals for all that you're created to be and do. You were made for this. Visit Geneva.edu slash graduate to learn more. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Right call, doing it right. 724 New Roof. 
There's an article in the uh, New York Times today. Uh, no, actually, I think it's in CBS News today uh, about the number of uh, people who had an affiliation with the fire department of New York City um, and how many died on the day of 9-11 and how the number who have died since from related causes now almost equals the original number who died in the line of service. Uh, we're talking to Christina Ray Stanton. Her book is called Out of the Shadows of 9-11, an inspiring tale of escape and transformation. And so, Christina, it makes me uh, think about your health. Uh, you talk about the difficulties that your dog experienced. How did you and your husband fare? So, yes, I'm glad that you, you brought that um, information up because a lot of people are, are not aware that 9-11 is essentially still killing people. Sure. And, you know, I have heard from, from maybe some other sources, uh, the ones that you cited are, are definitely legit, but I have heard that we've actually surpassed the amount of people who have died uh, since is, is more than the, than the almost 3,000 people who died on that day. Mm. And, you know, we didn't know when we were covered with dust and debris, that it contained toxins, it contained, you know, cancer-causing toxins that took root in, in people's bodies and came out years later in, in different forms of cancer. So um, definitely, you know, our, we felt like our, our health has, has definitely been compromised. We're a member of a club, <laughs> a club that you'd never want to be a part of. It's yeah. called the World Trade Center Health Registry. So it's basically a, a, a group that monitors our health. So we, you can only be in, 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 this, in this group if you uh, worked or lived or went to school within um, a certain radius of the devastation, which we did, of course. And But our, our health is tracked. So, um, and I mean, technically, if, if we have been found to have cancers that was caused by 9-11, then technically, uh, potentially, our, our doctor's uh, visits or whatever uh, can be paid for by the Twin Towers Fund. Now, happily, we, we rely on the husband's insurance. But um, I'm just saying that it's, it's very much a thing. And um, we both contracted a, a covid in March 2020, and I was hospitalized twice and told I had a 50% chance of survival. And even the doctors told me, yeah, this is because your health has been compromised from 9-11. So it's definitely an ongoing situation for us, but for thousands of other people. It's, it's a real thing. And, and in fact, in uh, one, one area of the 9-11 memorial, and I'm not sure that everybody knows about this, and it's a relatively um, early, um, new, um, it's called Memorial Glade. I think it was finished in 2019. But it is an area, a section of the 9-11 Memorial that specifically remembers those who have fallen and who are hurt and who are struggling health-wise in the aftermath of the attacks. I'm so glad that they have that. People need to know this. Excellent. Christina, I'm sorry, we've got just a, literally a minute left. So obviously you're a person of faith. Um, where does that intersect with uh, what happened on 9-11? Well, we came to faith through the attacks. Uh, we, we truly did. There was a church that was offering help in, in the aftermath. We, we went to the church. They, they, we were recipients of an outreach program at a local church, and we were literally moved to faith in the aftermath. And that's my, I'm sorry, we only have a minute because obviously that's my favorite part of our story is how God moved in our hearts in, in the aftermath. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. It's, my book is basically our, a long testimony of how God used the attacks to, to basically soften our hearts and, tor and turn us to him. 
Fabulous. Christina Ray Stanton has been our guest. The book is entitled Out of the Shadow of 9-11, an inspiring tale of escape and transformation. Christina, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This day, 22 years ago, it changed that woman's life Mm -hmm. forever. Christina Ray Stanton, thousands, if not millions, around the world. This day, 9-11, never forget. WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. The 519. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The sound of a bell at the 9-11 tribute in New York City. U.S. Senator Tom Cotton says the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 attack should remind the country of how important it is to be prepared. So strong and so resolute uh, that no terrorist organization can succeed in attacking us, nor a country like China or Iran or Russia can uh, get the drop on us and launch that kind of surprise attack against us. Senator Cotton interviewed by the Salem Radio Network. Monday night football fans can relax Disney and Charter Communications, announcing a deal to settle a dispute that cut some 15 million cable TV customers off from ESPN and other Disney-owned stations, the two businesses faced a pressing deadline. Tonight's Monday Night Football game. This is SRN News. Donald Trump warned America. The U.S. dollar is under attack, and it's becoming less and less valuable by the day. Hyperinflation and speculation is killing your retirement. Don't leave your money sitting in cash. It's time you diversified and protected your future with physical precious metals. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000 and get your free digital dollar survival kit and learn how you could get up to $1,000 in free silver today. Call Advantage Gold now at 800-900-8000 to get your free digital dollar survival kit. And you may qualify for $1,000 in free silver. Advantage Gold is the number one rated gold and silver company in America. Your future is precious. Protect it today when you call Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000 now. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Check with your financial advisor before investing. That's 800-900-8000. Donald Trump's indictment proves that saving America is not going to be easy. There are entrenched powers that are fighting this with everything they've got. They want to keep control over the country, the narrative, and the nation's money supply. Hi, I'm Lance Wall now. I'm a news analyst, a Christian author, and evangelical leader. I speak to millions of people every week, people just like you. You see, what the elites are doing is using inflation and government handouts and now central bank digital currencies to determine how they're going to control America. And that's why I recommend all Christians start a gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. Because physical precious metals are one of the few ways you can maintain control over your own savings. To get a free info kit on gold IRAs, text the word FAITH to 989898. Birch Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Get their free info kit and you'll see why a gold IRA can help you. There are no strings attached. Text the word FAITH to 
989898. And you're going to be blessed by taking action right now. Do you find joy in helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at Life Steps. Life Steps is hiring caregivers to bring joy into the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. Life Steps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. For this afternoon, intervals of clouds and sunshine, the high up to 78. Partly cloudy tonight, may want to grab a jacket, low stip at a 59. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 76. Wednesday, going to be cloudy, high 66. Mostly sunny Thursday, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Go to AccuWeather.com for more. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. 22 years ago today uh, was my oldest daughter's first day of preschool, and so that was a super exciting day. She was, you know, three and a half and heading off, and she had her new little overalls on, and I had her hair done, and it was a beautiful sunny day in Pittsburgh. And uh, my parents were both with me, and we all went and dropped her off at uh, preschool. It's a to much fanfare. Yeah. And then I stopped at the Fidelity Bank over in uh, the Duncan Manor Shopping Center in Allison Park, and I was waiting in line when the first plane hit the first tower. And of course, there was so you know somebody came out from the back and said, oh, "There's been a terrible accident in New York City," and every one of us in the line were talking about it. And um, you know, of course, in our head, thinking it was like a Cessna right. that had gone off course. Accidentally, uh, of course, that yes. And I got up to the teller, and I was at the window when the second plane hit, which was when the world realized uh, that it wasn't an accident. And spent the rest of the morning with my parents uh, down at a coffee shop with the radio on because there was you know no TV in there. There was no internet. And the, the radio was just kind of like updating us. And that's when we heard that there was a plane over Pennsylvania yeah. and then the Pentagon and all of those uh, sorts of things. Now, I, everyone listening has a story of where they were, where were on 9-11 and what it makes you feel like, uh, how you remember it. There's a story in The Hill today that talks about, in particular, what teachers are going through today on this 22nd anniversary. Um Trying to bring something that was very real to them to a group of people who it's just history. It might as well be Pearl Harbor um, or it might as well be, you know, the Revolutionary War. Does it, right. It doesn't matter. Um, 
Uh, so teachers are talking about the nervousness of students um, who actually had parents who were in New York, like our last guest. Um, and so their emotions are secondary emotions because 9-11 is so hard on mom and dad that they're, it's hard on them, but only by association kind of thing. And so teachers are trying to fill the gap. Um, there are some teachers who were talked about in the Hill article who are from private Catholic schools who who are right around the Shanksville area, who were talking about what that's like. Um, one of the teachers says in the Hill that they remember some parents coming to pick up their kids. Um, and of course, at that time, they weren't even aware of exactly what happened and what it was like. Um, but they said that the weirdest thing about the day is that it went on as usual without really any idea of the momentous nature that Shanksville played in uh, the drama of 9-11. You can read more about that at The Hill. Um, but in our last our last interview, we were also talking about the CBS News piece today, which talks about how the fire department in New York is still counting deaths from illnesses resulting from the recovery efforts after 9-11. The Uniformed Firefighters Association of Greater New York said today that 343 New York City firefighters died on September 11th. And in the years since then, 343 more members have died from related causes. So they're only two away from tying the number of people who died on that day. Um, they also said later on in the article that, let me get the number right, that nearly 10,000 first responders who were in the area that day have been diagnosed with cancer since. Yeah, I mean, you consider all that debris from those massive towers that flew down, asbestos, metal, glass, uh, any number of toxins. People breathe that in for hour after hour after hour. Of course, all those people who were down there for weeks and months, a year or more afterwards as they were cleaning up the 9-11 footprint. And, of course, uh, there's no doubt to say that people 10,000-plus have passed away or deep illnesses from mm -hmm. that ingestion of all those toxic materials. So as our last guest said, people are still dying sure. from 9-11 today. Um, the, uh, the CBS News piece goes on to talk about all the different issues that have arisen in people's lives, like uh, reflux is a big issue with people who were in the area at the time, uh, asthma. Of course, PTSD, right? Cancer. That's not a surprise. But they also talked about prostate cancer, about thyroid cancer, about multiple myeloma. Um, and then the article went on to talk about uh, the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund. That's for workers and residents who were near ground zero in 9-11. And so if you can, or a physician uh, who knows your case, can prove that the issues you're experiencing are related to 9-11 and you need the funds, there are funds available to help you with your health care. So I am grateful that we live in a country where that's possible, uh, where we have enough uh, donors where we were able to establish a fund like that. But just, you know, thinking that the, the suffering didn't end on that day, it keeps going on, uh, not just as people remember their loved ones that are gone, but people who are there just suffer the physical consequences of it. When you go through airport security and you're forced to take your shoes off and your belt, I know all of us roll our eyes. But as a necessary precaution for those bad guys out there who wish us to be dead mm -hmm. in this country, uh, it's a momentary inconvenience. It hasn't happened since. It has not happened since. So 
God bless all those people. I mean, you, to, to think about, you know, Flight 93, so close to us here in Shanksville, and how, oh, we have that footprint in our own lives, right? I mean, if you've been to that memorial, it's hard to dismiss the power of those moments and the bravery of those men and women mm-hmm. on board that, that flight and what could have happened if those men and women had not stepped forward. And, I mean, look at President Bush. And the power of that leadership that he led us through those waning days. Remember him throwing out the ball at Yankee Stadium. It's a great moment. Oh, my Probably one of the greatest moments in American sports. Yeah. No doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But all those people, all those little kids who grew up without a mother or a father, who were just in a heartbeat, vaporized, vanished forever from this earth. And those bad guys, and they are still out there. Of course they are, right? We are the enemy. And it was surprising. How are we the enemy? Well... You can see it clearly now, right? The world changes at a very rapid pace. So we pray for peace today on this day, especially. The peace of the nations that God has risen up, Mm -hmm. that we would all know that peace and be agents of peace forward in this very wild, topsy-turvy world. And to give thanks to all those men and women Mm -hmm. who gave their best for us and continue to do so in this country of ours. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to um, a personal story. Jonathan Merritt has been a guest on our show a bunch of times. He's a terrific writer, and he's had kind of a Christian journey. He's going to talk about mysticism and how it has figured into how he understands God now. So stay with us next. It's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Each of us will remember what happened that day. Some will remember an image of a fire or a story of rescue. Some will carry memories of a face. She blew out the candles and she made a wish. And a voice gone forever. And she said, I wish that Daddy would visit us from heaven. The heroism of the people up in the sky. I said, what do you think Dad's doing right now? Fellow Americans. And she said, let's roll. I think he's watching me blow out my candles. America and Pittsburgh remembers. We're 101.5 Word FM. In God we trust. So this is a radio ad. And I wanted to tell a story that proves that sometimes bad moments can often lead to good moments or opportunities. But my story was about 30 minutes, so instead, here is the headline. Loving family's beach vacation is ruined by a flaming lasagna and nephew vomiting on gate agent, only to be saved by the most meaningful staycation ever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and bad creating some good is exactly what we're seeing right now. Interest rates are not great, but they have finally brought home prices down, at least for a bit creating an opportunity, which is why we're seeing thousands of listeners across the country looking to buy the new home now because the price is forever with the plan to refinance the rate tomorrow when rates settle. If that's you, please know that we have a direct lender advantage that can often save you lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a lesson for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. This is John Hall with a special message from our friends at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. We can all agree that every child in our community should have access to nutritious meals. When school is out, many kids lose their most reliable source of healthy food. It's a heartbreaking reality, but together we can make a difference for nearly 60,000 kids in southwestern Pennsylvania who go to bed worried about where their next meal is coming from. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank's child nutrition programs provide essential summer meals, after-school snacks, and educational resources to thousands of students across Allegheny County, helping them reach their full potential. But they can't do it without your help. Right now, just $1 can provide three nutritious meals that make an immediate impact on a child's life. 
Together, we can fight childhood hunger and build a healthier, happier community. To learn more and to donate, just go to pittsburghfoodbank.org. That's pittsburghfoodbank.org. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. SurroundPittsburgh.com. Like many of us here in Western Pennsylvania, I was raised in a particular Irish Catholic household. It was our upbringing. We never, never read the Bible. It just wasn't part of our upbringing. It just wasn't part of my experience. But you were in church all the time. I was in church (laughs) often, right? (laughs) Multiple times a week. And so uh, the idea of the mystery of faith, I think, was really sort of important to who we were. We didn't read the Bible. We followed so-called church teaching. But the mystery of the faith, what it was like, that moment when bread was turned into the body of Christ— when wine was turned into the blood of Christ. And then, of course, later on in life, I was uh, schooled into the readings, the books of Thomas Merton. Richard Rohr picks up that thread. There are a lot of different people who are engaged in what's known as Christian mysticism. And I think for a lot of people who are evangelical... They get freaked out by it. Those words are scary, right? experiential experiential is the the christian mystic way a more personal thing in a way jonathan merritt is with us jonathan's been a guest of ours over the years he is a fine writer of multiple books and many many articles but here to talk to us about that journey from evangelical or fundamentalism into christian mysticism jonathan welcome back to the show oh my gosh it's so good to be back with you how it's are you it's been guys? a long time a long time jonathan yes it has been it's been it's been a whole pandemic i think <laughs> <laughs> oh and we survived it right and i you mean you did as well we right did. yes oh, we did okay jonathan and are you speaking to us from new york city I am. I'm talking to you from my apartment here in Chelsea. Okay. So you uh, transplanted yourself to New York. That was before the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, and right. you've been, first of all, John and I both have valued uh, your friendship to the show here, but also your really excellent writing um, over the last decade or so since we first met. Um, and mm-hmm. you continue to do that. And I just want to say thank you, you know, for what you put out into the universe. Um, but for... This issue of um, evangelicalism versus mysticism, which probably is a false, di- it's a false dichotomy in my life. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I want to talk about your journey. Uh, so maybe in a capsule format, can you tell us kind of where you started in life, uh, theologically and faith speaking, and kind of take us up to present? Yes. Yeah, so I was raised in um, the Southern Baptist tradition. So maybe some listeners are familiar with that, but very much uh, in the evangelical stream, I, I'd call it a fundamentalist stream. Um, so, uh, you know, I grew up kind of in um, a faith that placed a lot of emphasis on apologetics. And so the heart of faith was kind of knowing what you believed. And 
Uh, I often talk about this as a kind of flashcard faith where you would, you kind of memorize um, what you believed and you could quickly regurgitate that. So you had all these kind of logical um, defenses for the Christian faith and um, you know, you, you could make a case for Christ or a case for Christianity or a case for faith. Um, and you know, we, we would talk about you, the phrase evidence that demands a verdict, mm -hmm. right? Or we would say we didn't have enough faith to be an atheist. And so we really, I think um, there were a lot of good gifts in that tradition. I, I, I fell in love with the Bible. Uh, I fell in love with, with I met Jesus uh, as a Southern Baptist. But I think on the, on the other side of things, it had a tendency to kind of boil down the great depths of God and faith to arguments that were small enough to fit on an index card, you know, yep. easily to memorize and deploy in, in debates. So Christian mysticism, talk about that, that journey and how that came into your life. You know, I would say it, it happened about a decade ago. Um, I, I moved um, to New York City and New York City is such an interesting place uh, to be Christian. You know, there are so many kinds of Christian you can be in this world, and you can find almost all of them here um, in New York City. And so I started to attend a lot of, of different Christian churches, but it wasn't in those in those churches that I would say the transformation happened. It, it was kind of in my, my own life. I felt like, like I just wanted more God, not more mm. like knowledge about yeah. God or more facts about God or more arguments about God. I was tired of debating people about why I was right in what I thought about God. And I wanted to experience God firsthand. And that sort of is like the, like the mysticism 101, right? It's just, yeah. it's just a, a way of, in, of encountering and experiencing God firsthand. That's kind of the basis uh, of that that orientation toward the Christian faith. So mysticism has a rich history throughout all of uh, Christian history. And um, we also have a rich history of uh, incredible learning and knowledge and the founding of universities and seminaries, the preaching of, you know, tens of millions of sermons, um, the devotionals that are available uh, on Amazon in the thousands. Uh, so do you feel like those two strands, the mis the mysticism strand and the knowledge strand, are they, yeah, the intellectual, are they different? Well, they're, they're very different, but what I, what I, I'm always careful not to do is to make things that are different enemies. And so I don't think of it as sort of one versus the other. In fact, for, for a lot of people, one is the seedbed of the other mm. one sort of naturally grows um into the other i do think it's important by the way to point out uh, for what you just said about um the history because for a lot of people they'll hear christian mysticism and they think new age and in yeah. fact it's not it's not new age it's not even new right it's uh, not new it's it's an ancient uh way it's been a part of the christian tradition 
even when it's existed on the margins, going back to the Desert Fathers and Mothers and St. Francis of uh, Assisi and the medieval mystics such as Teresa of Avila and Julian of Norwich and Tom, you mentioned Thomas Merton and Richard Rohr. And these are people who devoted their entire lives um, to following Jesus and, and, and the Jesus way. And it looked a little bit different than it did for, for people who were in other streams and other traditions, um, but it was very much a part uh, of Christian history and, and it, and it remains, it remains so today, but I don't put it, I'm very careful not to say it, it's, it's kind of in conflict with another. In fact, there's a great book and it's kind of like I, the gateway drug for a lot of people who are exploring this. It's a book called falling upward and it's a book written by Richard Rohr. And in it, he talks about how the kind of first half of life is spent at really pursuing faith as, as an exercise in certainty and facts and dualistic thinking and argumentation and debate. And that kind of naturally begins to settle down and to begin to grow into something a little more capacious and open-handed and open-hearted and open-minded, where you begin to, in the words of the Apostle Paul, to put on the mind of Christ in, later on in life. That's a, a process that he calls falling upward. Mm -hmm. So, Jonathan, for people who are listening who go, oh, okay, um, evangelicalism, I know what the worship experience is like at my, at my local church, right? There is, um, there's Bible reading, there's Bible teaching, uh, there's hymns. Uh, what is the difference then at where you worship, maybe on a Sunday? What does that look like? What is your experience around that, your, your daily worship experience, your readings and things like that, that's different than, say, a mainstream evangelical approach? You know, I think that I, I think that you can you can be someone who feels really drawn to Christian mysticism, and you could worship in a variety of places. Um, I go to a church in New York called um, Good Shepherd, and it's uh, it's a bit more liturgical, but we have dynamic worship and singing. We sing probably a, we sang Amazing Grace this week. We sang the doxology. We sang a lot of songs that people who go to evangelical churches would would recognize. Um, but I, I think where this really shows up is not just in corporate worship settings, but in the everyday rhythms of your own spiritual life. It, 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 it's a way of being Christian that is not about knowing things. It's about living in a particular posture. It's a highly practical way of being Christian. So it's going to include a lot of prayer and meditation. It's going to include a lot of silence. You know, the Bible, the psalmist says, be still and know mm -hmm. that I am God. Yes. And mysticism sees, takes that kind of invitation seriously. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about prayer as an act where the Holy Spirit intercedes within us, he says, with sighs that are too deep for words mm -hmm. so that we stop talking and we begin just sort of entering in, practicing the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence said. It's going to include a lot of solitude. That's something Jesus himself modeled throughout his whole ministry. He would get up early and he would go away and he would be alone. So yes, we gather together and we worship with friends and we have community, but going away and just being alone with God. And, and it's not, by the way, something that just says the Bible doesn't matter. Uh, there are ancient practices of sacred scripture readings, such as Lectio Divina, where you read one verse very slowly over and over, and you begin to notice what the spirit mm -hmm. is stirring up inside of you. It's an incredibly powerful way 
uh, of being Christian. And I think it surprises a lot of people who weren't raised in, in that kind of tradition. Jonathan Merritt is an author of many books. Uh, we're talking today about his journey uh, into mysticism as a practice. And um, you can find more about Jonathan Merritt. You can look him up on social media, um, wherever you'd like. But Jonathan, I guess I want to um, talk about some particulars. So if we were having this conversation a decade ago, first of all, you wouldn't have been in New York yet. Uh, John and I were just starting our show and I would have been definitely anti-mysticism. Because I, you know, I'm, you know, I, I kind of live an academic life. I live, read a lot of books. Um, I enjoy, uh, you know, theology, how things are worked out. I, you know, read a, a lot of apologetics, as you mentioned in the early part of our conversation. But over time, to me, I just started, I think, maybe using some common sense and thinking, okay, if, if, you know, you look at the James Webb uh, Space Telescope images that have come back. If our God, the God that I'm reading about and studying, if that God created those images that we're seeing that are that far away, that are that enormously complex, ununderstandably beautiful, then the thought that I could somehow contain him in my study or that he has to be restricted to my theological understanding just seems silly. I mean, all of a sudden I thought, now, wait a minute. It's not like I'm sorry that I'm studying God, but my studies could never encompass, encompass him. Hold. Never. And so that's when mysticism started to make sense to me and started to even be the next logical step. Non-threatening. Non-threatening. Not leaving my books behind, but just opening myself up to the to the person of God and not just the set of intellectual assumptions of God. Um, so when I tell you that, I'm sure that that must sound familiar to you in some way, but how do you respond? Well, it does. It does sound familiar because one of the things, and this is, this is what I think opens up the heart uh, in Christian mysticism is it's so centered on the bigness of God. And you know what, when you have a big problem, in life, you need a big God. You don't need a God that can be reduced to a, a flashcard. You need a you need a God who can't even be glimpsed through a telescope. Who's even bigger than that? And I think that that this this idea of mystery. You know, I used to think mystery meant it was unknowable. And and uh, Richard Rohr says that when we say that God is mystery, we're not saying that God is unknowable. We're saying God is infinitely knowable, that you know God and you know God and you know God and you're no more knowing God than you did when you started because there's just so much of God mm -hmm. to know and experience and you can never even begin to touch it in this life. And that's what it means to enter into the, to the mystery of God. So there is something I think about Christian mysticism that constantly reminds the believer that as big as you can imagine God being, God is even bigger than that. And I think that's a kind of God, an understanding of God that can really can really serve us in the tough times of life. That's good. So, Jonathan, um, Christian mysticism, not to be afraid of. It is in same conjunction with uh, evangelical thought. It just requires a little bit more openness to fold that into an experience, as you said, the mystery of the faith. Or what about, are there things to be concerned about? 
you know, there's a like John said at the beginning, many people who look at mysticism and think no way. They recoil. Um, what do you feel about that? Do you feel like there there are where are your borders? You know, when I when I talk about mysticism, there's there's a silent adjective. Right. So I'm not there. There's mysticism out there. Uh, the Jewish Kabbalah is mysticism. Uh, the Yoga Sutra. Sufi Islam. I'm not speaking about any of those things. Those things are outside of the realm of of my spiritual practice. Uh, I'm talking about Christian, historic Christian mysticism that is centered on the mystery of Christ. And so uh, I think as long as we're talking about that, most people should be really comfortable. You know, um, the, the word mysticism doesn't appear in the Bible, but the word mystery does. And in fact, when the Apostle Paul defines what a Christian is, the Apostle Paul defines a Christian as a steward of the mysteries of God. Today, I think Christians often function as keepers of certainties about God. But the Apostle Paul says it's to steward the great mystery of God. Mm. So if people are even interested in saying, I don't know, maybe this is something that's for me. Maybe it feels like a, a way that I could kind of enter into a, a, a deeper intimacy with God. I'd start right there with the words of the Apostle Paul. And I'd say, go away and ponder this. What does it mean to be a steward of the mystery of God? Amen. Jonathan Merritt is the author of Learning to Speak God from Scratch, Why Sacred Words Are Vanishing and How We Can Revive Them. That's just one of the books that Jonathan has written. And we're so grateful for uh, your friendship over a long time and for being with us again. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always, to be with you. Our great pleasure. Jonathan Merritt, so uh, not to be afraid of the mystery of faith, a steward of the mystery of God. Excellent. Christian mysticism and evangelicalism on the same road. The truth is that our college years are really pivotal, and it's a time to discover and to cultivate, and if you're so inclined, to see where God leads you. And that's why we're excited always to talk about Grove City College. I think back to being an undergrad myself, and early on, I mean, I wanted to get a job, but I wanted to get uh, good grades. And then somehow during, you know, in the middle of my freshman year, I started thinking, why do I want to like, what's the what's the of course, I want to make my parents happy. But you're in college. Maybe your parents don't care as much about your grades at that point. Is that really enough motivation is that I just want to have a 4.0 or whatever? Is that not grades only? I I don't think it can be. I know that a lot of people look at college that way and think, well, if I get the grades then I get the job. But the thing I love about Grove City is that it puts learning in a larger context. So it's great to get good grades and it's very important to get a job. But what about curiosity, sparking curiosity in your student that makes you want to dig deeper into a subject? Maybe it's not even your major, but something that helps you to appreciate God's creation and just what has been established on earth for the purposes of praising him or knowing him better. I know that's the truth of Grove City College. To know who God is, to know who you are meant to be, to pursue your purpose and joy. GCC.edu.
Imagine buying a pair of sneakers and getting a soothing, gentle foot massage like you'd get during a relaxing pedicure just by walking. Skechers' new Massage Fit Sneakers. Because Skechers, the comfort technology company, has designed a unique innovation that makes it feel like you're pampering your feet with a gentle massage in every step. The secret is Skechers' new patented wave technology on the sole that gently massages your feet while you're walking around. Find them for men and women at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care. Here to keep you firing on all cylinders. Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Enjoy a dinner party out on the water with friends and family aboard a sunset dinner cruise, sailing Friday and Sunday evenings. It's the best way to see Pittsburgh, plus you'll get a dinner buffet and music, too. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. For this afternoon, intervals of clouds and sunshine, the high up to 78. Partly cloudy tonight, may want to grab a jacket, low stip at a 59. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 76. Wednesday, going to be cloudy, high 66. Mostly sunny Thursday, high 67. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Ruth O'Brien. Go to AccuWeather.com for more. Yeah, does what make sense? Pringles. I mean, if you take a step back, it's an odd thing. I mean, it's like the perfectly engineered, man-made potato chip. I mean, it's stackable. It comes in its own carrying case. You know, I love me a chip. Yeah. Pringles are like D minus. That is not a good chip. D minus? Yeah. Well, not... I mean, I think that that's a little now, bit of a stretch to call it D minus. When I eat a Pringle, I think of like some big vat mm-hmm. of like chemical potatoes yeah. that are laid out and then stamped by a machine. Mm. It's not really a potato. I think that's the worst possible take. I, I, well, I think it's the truth, though. I mean, like a potato chip, like a Wise, you feel the potato in your hand. You do. You feel like you're closer to nature with a wise. Yeah, like, or what about a kettle cook? You feel like, okay, there this, it is. A this potato. was a potato. The Pringles is like There's some lab thing. There's a distance between, between the Pringle and the potato. Because of the uniformity of it all. Like, give me the weird burnt chip. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that. But something strange has happened, not to go too much into my personal life, but I ordered this different, it's not the Pringles brand, but it's a similar Pringle type chip really? called the Good Crisp. And... I've developed a fascination. Really? The good John, crisp? I've developed. And so I'm here to tell you on this Monday that Pringle makes sense. Hmm. I'm skeptical. Okay. Jury's out. It's not the first time we've disagreed. No, it's not. All right. Does this make sense? 
the fire drill. Oh, my gosh. Now, we have fire drills. We used to have fire drills here at Seven Park. We said, yeah. more often than not, I would tend to ignore them. The lights were flaring. The, even as a kid, did anybody take a fire drill seriously in school? Mm-mm. No. So does that make sense? I mean, does it really help you in the in event of emergency? Know. I don't know. I don't want to like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden I'm a victim of like, you know, not paying attention to the fire drill. Well, you're going to be a victim if you don't well, pay attention apparently. to the fire drill. But it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it just seems okay, like. Okay, so what if there's a fire? I know where to go. Do you? Uh, yeah, right outside. There's the, the steps. You just go down six flights. I'll get out of there. What about if you can't get out of there? There's, what, if, what if you need a backup? I'll run down the hall. But the, what if there's fire down the hall? Yeah. I'll run through it. <laughs> You're not making any sense. The fire drill. Does it, does it make sense to you? It does make sense. Oh, but on. in our human frailty, we've ruined it forever. Mm-hmm. Because I do the same thing. I hear it and I'm like, oh, oh fire gosh. Drill. Now I have to figure out how to get all the, right. all the people out of here. And now we're gonna be... I mean, I appreciate the heads up and everything. Of course you, know you what? want to save it, lives. Here's the thing. It does make sense. But you and I don't. WORD. On September 11th, 2001, our nation was changed. Our nation. We have a strange explosion at the World Trade Center. Live pictures of the World Trade Center literally starting to crumble. Together, we witnessed acts of bravery and true heroism. We gotta pin that off. Sit down. We need a great history. I hate to say it. I want to let y'all know that I love you very, very much. Remembering September 11th. 101.5 WORD, one station under God. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. All right, team. Apps on the table by 7.30 sharp. Jalen and his catering company have a lot on their plate. Really particular. He needs a bigger team to continue climbing up the food chain. Throughout this event. Hey, Mitch, was that a contract for 200 or 250 people? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates, and you can schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from the Indeed dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. My ride smells just right, just right, just right, just right. Y'all gotta try just that for right, Bree's car. Just right, just right, just right, just right. Yeah. La 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 la. <laughs> With us for 40 days of consistency, all over Bree's car clips right on your face. Yeah, you yeah. know my car's my happy place. Keep that smile on my face. Yeah. When it smells just right, just right, just right. Yeah. Breathe happy for Bree's. La 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 la. 
before I came to RPTS, I was a church planter and pastor for 22 years. And I found a lot of confusion about what really constitutes a church. Dr. Barry York, president of RPTS. We want, first and foremost, our ministers to know what a church is and what the church really needs. So how to develop the preaching ministry, why we practice the sacraments, how to properly care for God's people, and that you exercise proper oversight of them. The church needs servants like you. Are you ready? Visit rpts.edu. No matter what the state of your marriage, good, bad, and or, in air quotes, otherwise, I would recommend a weekend to remember. And weekend to remember, we've been there, my wife and I, we loved it. And they're coming back to Pittsburgh very, very soon. Uh, the dates are November, October 27th and the 29th. And then once again, November 3rd through the 5th. Also, in our Ohio friends in Cleveland, the 27th and the 29th of October. Here to talk to us about that is Tim and Joy Downs. They themselves are facilitating a weekend to remember. Tim and Joy have co-authored two books on conflict resolution in marriage, Fair Fight and One of Us Must Be Crazy, and I'm Pretty Sure It's You. Tim and Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, you guys, I'm thinking about uh, putting myself in the perspective of a listener, someone who's just turned on the radio and thinks, well, the last thing that could help my wife and I or my husband and I is being in a whole huge room with a bunch of other people. Well, that's understandable. I think I would feel the same way. But we really gear it so that you are in a room with a lot of other people, but you only talk to the two of you. We're not going to break you up into small groups so that you have to share with other people. We really have the focus be on the two of you. So though you may be in a room with a lot of other people, there are breakout sessions for just the two of you, and that's the focus. Excellent. So for people who are uninitiated, break it down for us and talk to us about the essence of what is the weekend to remember. Well, to begin with, John, it is a getaway. You know, life is so busy and so distracted. Couples often have no time to actually pay attention to one another or to their marriage. It's rare time to get away and just focus on your marriage, uh, on the way you're raising your kids, and ask, is this how we want to do it? So what we're asking people to do is get away. Come down to a nice hotel for a weekend. It's just the two of you, and we'll talk to you about what marriage is, how it works, how to be a better communicator, how to resolve your conflicts in a constructive way. And we send people back with encouragement and hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. Joy, what about people who um, are like one person wants to come to the weekend to remember, or at least they're hearing about it now and think, okay, this would be great. But they think I've got absolutely no chance. Of my getting, husband's not, right, gonna do I'm this. not getting my spouse to go. <laughs> yes, we have those people all the time. And we joke about, uh, we can tell who those people are because there are skid marks going up the, you know, the aisle to the chair. And we understand that. And that's okay. We're just glad they're there. But I would say, go ahead and ask. And pray and ask that God would change their heart and just say, this is really important to me. I think this would be great for us to have a chance to get away just together. I heard there's a romantic evening on Saturday night, so maybe that will get the mate there. But, um, yes, I don't think it hurts to ask. Excellent. Tom, at the Weekend Remember Marriage Conference we, we attended, I was really impressed. There were people there who were not yet married, newlyweds, mm -hmm. and then all over the map, 10 years, 30 years, some people 50 years married, and they choose to go to a Weekend to Remember conference. I mean, that's a great yeah. encouragement, isn't it? 
It really is. And, you know, we did a recent conference where the longest married couple had been married for 62 years. Yeah. And, you know, they weren't past learning about how they could still improve their relationship. And, you know, you're right, John. They're all over the map. We have people that have been married 62 years all the way down to single people considering marriage. We love to have single people come because the toughest thing is when we have somebody married 50 years with all these problems and mistakes saying, hey, can you fix this for us? We would love to get people while they're young and say, oh, you want to get married? This is what marriage will require of you. Here are the tools you need to make it work and get people started on the right track early. Mm -hmm. So that right track uh, early is something that can be so helpful. But what if you've missed that? You think, well, we've been married 30 years. We already raised our kids. We missed the right track and now we're off of it. Uh, Is there a road back for them? Well, certainly, and and it's just because of God. You know, we really make no mistake. There's a biblical emphasis on this getaway, and we get the biblical principles, but we really say we're all so different. We all marry the wrong person. There might not be hope much in our heart, but if there's a little bit, God can use that in big ways. Yeah, that's well put. And, you know, we've all made mistakes. Yes. And you could say every married couple is on the wrong track to some extent. Mm-hmm. We've all got things we want to correct and things we want to change. Our message to people is it's never too late to start, and especially, as Joy said, with God's help. Very right. Nice. And, you know, the couples that speak at this conference, we never stand up there and just say, look, we've got it all together, and we'll tell you how it's done. We really share from our weaknesses and our failures and that we are Still learning. I, I imagine we're still going to be learning about each other till we are in the grave. But <laughs> it's it's a process, and we really are there just to give them hope, to help them see that there is hope. Very nice. Tim and Joy Downs are with us. We're talking about the Weekend to Remember event. It's coming here into Pittsburgh, sponsored by Family Life. Of course, you hear Family Life every day here on 101.5. Uh, so, Tim and Joy, you've been married for a number of years. I wonder, you know, people, your friends, your family, knowing that you are part of Weekend Remember Family Marriage Conference, do you feel any extra pressure in your marriage? I mean, do you have advice for that? You know, I we've, we've joked about this for years. Because of what Joy said, we're, we're very vulnerable, very open. We admit that we're just students and learners. We have the same challenge as everybody, and that's to apply these things. So, no, I don't think we feel any extra pressure. We've always joked that we think maybe God has had us speaking at these conferences for so many years because we needed it more than anybody else. Mm. And uh, that's why our marriage is still going strong. I do remember when when our kids were younger, there was a person when we were speaking – they knew we were speaking for family life, and one of our kids misbehaved. They were very young, and they misbehaved. And the person looked at me and said, oh, I thought you spoke at the weekend to remember. I thought your kids would be perfect. Oh, my God. And oh I my said, gosh. I yeah. know, I know. And, you know, really, I just took a hard gulp. But it was a great lesson for me because I thought I could really try to make my children just behave so that no one would think any less of them or any less of us or I could let them be the children they are and the little sinners they are like we are and just say, no, we don't have it all together and we will try our best to, you know, teach our children about the Lord and have us all walk with him. But uh, we're going to make mistakes just like everyone else. That's good. So it was a great lesson for me just for God to examine my own heart and say, Joy, do you want to just a facade and make your children behave at all costs? Or do you really want me to rule their hearts? And that is a process. Yeah. Outstanding. Weekend to remember coming up, Pittsburgh Marriott North 
October 27th through the 29th and November 3rd through the 5th. Also at the uh, Embassy Suites in Cleveland, October 27th and 29th as well. We're talking with Tim and Joy Downs. So if listeners are uh, veterans of Weekend to Remember, you know, they've gone once, they've gone twice or whatever. Is there like it's just is it just going to be repeat material or is there a reason to, to consider going again? We have people who come back once a year on their anniversary. Really? We know we know people that have come 20 times to this conference. And, and every time what they'll tell us is it was different every year. And you know what? It's not because we're changing the material or our guidebook every time. The speakers change. The illustrations and life applications change, and where they are in their lives changes. So the applications are always new and always fresh, and that's why we say, come on back. We'll see you next year. Outstanding. Hey, right now you can save 50% on this. It's a BOGO event. Now through September the 18th, all you got to do is go online, weekendtoremember.com. That's weekendtoremember.com, and you'll see the uh, BOGO, the uh, 50% savings. So... Uh, Tim and Joy, uh, you said it's a weekend, Friday night, Saturday, and then, of course, on Sunday. And, of course, there's a lot of private time mixed in as well. I mean, this is a really powerful thing. Uh, weekend to remember in family life, they've got their act together. They know, right? Uh, people are busy. It's kind of like a brief respite away, right? Yes, yes. That's what we really want it to be for the couples. And we tell them on Friday night, we said, we look at our job as facilitating conversation between you. So there will be little breakout sessions for them to talk together. We'll kind of have springboards for them to talk about the things that we've talked about in our presentation. And then we just let them have that time together. Then they have it from 4.30. The rest of Saturday night is all theirs. And then it ends at 12.30 on Sunday. So it's not a full day. But we actually give them things that they can do ongoing uh, after Sunday, and the, the um, what do we call that? Not the manual. The guidebook. Sorry, <laughs> the guidebook. <laughs> the um, the guidebook has so many things in it that they can use way after the, the getaway that they'll be able to use over and over again and use it as a resource. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the weekend to remember. It's coming up in Pittsburgh at the Pittsburgh Marriott North, October 27th through the 29th, and it will happen again November 3rd through 5th. And for those of you in our Cleveland listening area, uh, check out the Cleveland Weekend to Remember. That's at the Embassy Suites, Cleveland Rockside, October 27th through 29th. Tim, Joy, pleasure to meet you guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for putting the word out. Pleasure is ours. Weekendremember.com. You can register now. Attention taxpayers. Ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optima Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, their tax attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. 
Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-514-9771. That's 800-514-9771. 800-514-9771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Their price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Do you ever feel more like roommates than soulmates? I think you go into marriage naive. I didn't feel like I had a say. We just kept butting heads. We were on autopilot. Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway is coming to Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Cleveland this fall. It's fun. It helps you center on God. Attend a weekend to remember. Amen. It's a must. Register by September 18th and save 50% on all weekends at weekendtoremember.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. This is a song that every time I hear, I listen to on the radio. Yeah, of course. Every time. This is Gary Wright. Mm-hmm. Gary Wright Jr., actually. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, Our Love is Alive. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, Gary Wright Jr. passed away today at, or not today. He passed away a week ago, actually. Uh, but it's the first time I read about it was today uh, at the age of 80. And I absolutely love that song. And I also love this. It's silent. Do you love it? Silent rendition of that. Do you, do you like it? Right. I like it. There it is. Oh, here we go. That phrase, the weaver of dreams, mm-hmm. from a a poem about God, yeah? I guess it is. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's from a poem, but you told me that today, but I didn't know that. Yeah, so Gary... Uh, Wright Jr. Gary Wright Jr. and George Harrison. Keep that going, Lex, because it makes me happy. Gary Wright Jr. 
the two of them got together over uh, George Harrison's, uh, you know, his um, early sort of mystical. I guess you could say mystical. Yeah. They're certainly not Christians. Yeah. But they are God seekers. Right. Or maybe they're experience seekers. I don't know. Yeah. I. I mean, that that era of rock and roll, there were a mm-hmm. lot of people like that, right? I mean, like like somebody like oh, Seals yeah. and Crofts, right? right? Oh, yeah. Again, not believers, right. not Christian believers, right. but God-seekers. Yeah. And I, so Gary was one of them? Yeah, he was, an early practitioner of all this, right? His autobiography is called Dream Weaver, Music, Meditation, and My Friendship with George Harrison. That's it. They're best of friends. I knew mm-hmm. that for sure, yeah. Anyway, the passing of, you know, one of those guys of our generation... That dream weaver thing, mm-hmm. right? Very cool. I like those songs. Yeah, I'm gonna listen too. to "Our Love Is Alive." That's a that's a real favorite of mine on my way home. Do you have any like play any of his albums like for just I like think those he had cuts? two hits. Uh, pretty much. I'm not sure. If, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but those are the only two of his songs I know. He made a career out of two hits. He did, he did yeah. and enriched my life. For he was sure. also a session musician. Right? Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he had some chops, obviously. <laughs> You know a lot about Gary yeah, Wright. Well, just enough. Nice job, It'd be John. Dangerous, thank you. Okay. Thanks for being with us. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.